This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my amazing, fantastic, and wonderful co-host, Brie Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> you always give me such positive vibes every time we start this, start the podcast. I'm always like, aww. I think we need to bring the positivity. Got to bring the positivity. That is something that I've noticed, actually, in my life that, um, I mean, like, I had a huge blowout with somebody recently close to me. And I didn't realize how I was contributing to the situation too. Because sometimes we think we need to hear positive comments a lot from other people. And we do. We do need to hear positive comments a lot from other people. But I don't know about you. I get so focused on other people aren't appreciating me enough that I forget to appreciate others. And so I am trying very intentionally to appreciate everybody in my life very vocally. I think that intention is a fantastic thing that really helps us kind of be more aware of those those areas that we're just, we want to see more positives from. But thank you. I get, <laughs> I get all squirmy. You know that like words of affirmation is not my thing. So I get all uncomfortable and squirmy, but I like it. It's a, it's a squirmy for me. <laughs> it's a really hard thing to accept. It is, right? It's really hard to accept people saying positive things about you sometimes. And it's so funny because we think we want it. We go around saying like, oh, no one likes that I do this and no one likes if yeah. I do that and I no one hear, notices this. I don't this. hear thank you, mom. I don't hear, yeah. But then when somebody actually shows gratitude, you're like, oh, that feels weird because we're not used like you hide. We don't know how to accept it. We feel uncomfortable with it. And I yeah. think it's just because of how we've conditioned ourselves to believe that there's truth in the negative, but don't believe the positive. True. 
So that is why we have this amazing podcast episode. Yes. Actually. Yes. We are going to give you a quick practice, quick practices, actually, that you can do to be more positive in your life and to practice positivity and get out of that negative loop. Yeah. And just to get yourself in that mindset where you're able to, like you just said, like get out of the negative loop and be able to see things in a more positive light and have more of that intention, the, how the intention can help lead to that stuff. And also why we're conditioned and we're primed for negativity. Oh, my goodness. So there's a lot there. (laughs) There's a lot there. We have a lot for you in this episode. And now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal, too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids. And we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. So we just finished up the Be Resilient Summit a few weeks ago. And one of our presenters, shout out to Erin Holland of PG-ish Parenting. Whoop, whoop. She had this great presentation about negativity and how we get into these negativity loops. And she brought up that we as humans are primed for negativity because it keeps us safe. Like our ancestors needed to look for all of the problems in the environment to make sure that they could be safe and work out ways around them and not be eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> True, true. And that makes sense. Like, because we talked about this on a couple of episodes back about the whole um, fight or flight response Mm -hmm. and how we still have that, even though we don't need that in our day-to-day life. No, we don't need it. We don't need to be looking for the negative in our day-to-day life is what I'm hearing. But we have all of these neural pathways that are really, really set to fire immediately on negative things and true things. Even this conversation I was having with my daughter the other day, she was being really, really hard on herself. And I was pointing out the hard things she was saying and she countered with, but mom, they're true. I'm like, but they're not. They're not the whole story. We can look to see the truth in things, but if we become so bogged down in what we need to improve, then we lose all the energy and hope of improving because we won't take action. Yeah, because it becomes overwhelming and it also then becomes personal. It's about a core part of you, which isn't as easy to fix mm-hmm. when you believe in yourself, like when you believe in the core that that you are negative and that you're, you have negative aspects that are the bigger part of your personality. So you know I'm obsessed with this book right now, The Gap and the Gain, and we should totally go after them and come on the podcast. Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan, we're coming for you. We're coming for we're you. coming for you. <laughs> because it is, it's an entrepreneurial book, but it is based on a concept that is so... It helpful was, in other aspects of yeah, your life. It's so helpful. And it honestly changed my entire outlook and made me realize exactly what I was doing in my thinking that was keeping me stuck. Well, let's talk about that for a second. What is the difference between the gap and the gain? So whenever we I'm a high achieving person. Like I I would classify myself as a high achiever. I'm always going after the things. I'm always like checking things off my list. I really judge myself based on how much I've gotten done and how much achievements I've had. I've done that from a very very, very young age. And I think a lot of people listening 
can attest to that. I know a lot of our Balance VIP members would say they're high achievers. I know. It's interesting you say high achieving. I see that as highly competitive, but... It's a little bit like that. It's, okay. But it's more like we really define ourselves based on what we accomplish. The hard thing about being a high achiever is that you're constantly not good enough. And that's really a mindset to struggle with. Like you can look at all of these things that you've accomplished and you're like, yeah, but I didn't do this, this, and this. And so therefore, I cannot be happy. Well, what the gap in the gain does is that it helps you think back towards the beginning. I'm just gonna use an example of my own life because I can illustrate it. The book I wrote. Before I wrote a book, I didn't have a book. I hadn't written a book. I was at ground zero. Like there was nothing done. And then I wrote a book and it was great and it was fantastic, except it wasn't a bestseller and, you know, it wasn't bought by a certain number of people and it could have reached more people. And that was the thinking that I went into. And I'm like, well, then that book's a failure when it's not because you get to your goal and what I was doing is that I was measuring my goal on some imaginary ideal. And I was looking at that space between that imaginary ideal and what I actually did accomplish. And I, I came up short because ideals, they're not meant to be they're, reached. They're ideals. They're ideal. Yeah. They're yeah. not realistic. They're never going to happen. <laughs> they're they, like, they exist in the um, hypothetical conversations, in the hypothetical world. Exactly. And they exist also when you compare yourself to other people. And they're like, well, this person did this, this, and this. So therefore, I'm not good enough either. And it's looking at that gap between what you accomplished and what other people have accomplished or that ideal. Instead, measure backwards. Look at the gain. Look at that space between having nothing, having created nothing, having nobody read your message to what you've actually have done. And you'll find, oh my gosh, I did this thing. This is really cool. And it helped this person over here and it helped this person over here. And all of a sudden, like your whole energy shifts because you're looking at the gain instead of the gap. And I realized that I was doing that a lot, looking at that gap. And that is why my mood was just tanking. Like every situation that came up was extremely stressful to me because it was how I wasn't measuring up to my imagined ideal. So it's that thing where you're, again, you are measuring yourself up to something that's imaginary and it's not there and you'll never be able to achieve it. So you'll mm -hmm. never be good enough and you'll never be there. Yeah, yep. that, that's a... That's a really hard, dark place to be. But when you're in it, you think it's real. You think it's you're just being truthful with yourself and you just didn't hit like it this time. Instead of looking at, oh my gosh, look at all of this amazing stuff I've done in between then. And so shifting that is so impactful because after I read that book, I was talking to my daughter and I realized she was doing the exact same thing I was. She was measuring herself against some imaginary ideal. And I think that's how we teach kids to measure how they're doing. They're constantly compared to their classmates. They're compared to standards that they may not be able to reach. Instead of being able to look back and see the progress they made, progress isn't usually celebrated. Typically, yeah. high achievement is. You're right. No, you are right. That is the society that we live in. It's all about whether or not, like if you're going to talk about it in grades wise, all about whether or not you have the 4.0, mm -hmm. whether or not you've made partner at the firm, mm -hmm. whether or not you have the highest degree, all those things, general society, like we don't, 
to celebrate. It is. And it's so funny because I wanted to bring up my Instagram hater today that I told you about okay. this morning. Yes, let's share. So uh, there's a reel I put out there quite a little bit back. And a comment I received this morning, and I'm sorry, I'm going to use the language he uses here. My dad slapped my ass hard, put me in my room and told me to be quiet. He was once young too, so he does know how it is. I turned out to be an awesome airline pilot and well-behaved. So I did the same to my son. He is now a lead computer coder for a large company. It's pretty simple to parent. So (laughs) that is judging things based on that one definition of achievement. Like what does it mean to achieve? And we're not looking at the progress people make with that. And And you're also not even touching on the inner happiness of that person. No. I mean, you could be really high achieving and be extremely lonely, miserable, depressed, and anxious all the time. Hey, all It is Joanne. And Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild, comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly. I got to say, love the name Max. That's my my puppy dog's (laughs) name. uh, Who have just recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. It actually makes learning pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I listened to this with my son, and it was so fun to listen to. I loved how modern it was with a cool aunt that they really dug, and like they dealt with bullies. Uh, My son also enjoyed all the math involved. Like He thought it was really cool. Well, and I have to say, I love anything that brings learning and fun together for kids. I really, really wish that something like this was around for my teens when they were younger. We would have absolutely devoured this on our car trips. It would have been amazing. It's perfect for kids ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Yeah, that's not a life that I don't think any of us idea like strive for. It's not <laughs> it's not what we're striving for, people. And something else they mention in the book, The Gap and the Gain, is how happiness is an impossible pursuit. They specifically pull out in pursuit of happiness, what we have here in the U.S., you know, okay. pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And they're like, 
that pursuit of happiness is what's making people unhappy because they're looking at happiness as this destination to be achieved. It's like, once I get this, I will be happy. Once I get this, I will be happy. Well, and happiness isn't, I mean, let's be honest, it's not a 24-7 thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we have a plethora of human emotions for a reason because Mm -hmm. we feel all of those. To be able to think that you're going to be happy every day and grateful every moment of every day is, again, that ideal that it's just not achievable. It's not achievable. But it's an there, ideal. But you can always do, you can always, if you're, mm, okay, this, this might sound bad, then maybe no, I'm going say to it this. You can always try to, like when you realize you're in that negative point, to move to the positive, right? And I think, so I think that gets a bad rap. Strive for more? Yeah. But then I feel like now I'm talking about achieving. No, and now it's I'm all not. like, I'm, you're not good enough. You got to strive for more. Well, it's funny because that is something they mentioned. They're right. like, you can't be in the game all the time because that's going for an ideal. Right. <laughs> like, that's so you just try to be in the game as much as possible. And the more you can catch yourself that you're striving for some impossible ideal versus appreciating, for instance, what you have, you're going to be better off so that there is no pursuit of happiness. Happiness is already within you. And these practices we're going to talk about, it's going to bring that happiness that's already there out. Okay. I'm going to say this. Like, I do, be- I, I already know we're going to do in this episode. I believe in this episode, but that, like, feels a little woo. Happiness is within you. It is. Well, it, it is a little woo. But it, it is. is. But, but, but it is in within you. It really is. Like, it, nobody else can bring you. Let me say happiness. you, let me say it a different way. There is nothing that you can do get right now or work towards that's going to make you happy if you're not already happy in the moment. Like no external force is going to make you happy. It is all in you. I believe that. Yes. And there are always things that happen outside of our lives. And those things like suck. (laughs) <laughs> and and they deserve venting. Like we're not saying like no negativity at all. I mean, we yeah, have, you have things to let the negative out. We have it'll eat you up. It will. We have yeah. stuff happen like in the in the business in our lives, and I'm like, Bree, I need to vent about this. <laughs> and we vent about it for like yep. five minutes. But I think something that we do well is we vent about it, and then we move on. We're right. like, what can we gain? Okay, move on. Right. And it, sometimes it's also just a matter of like, I refuse to give this. Um, person, this situation, any more of my energy, mm-hmm. any more of it. It's sucking it out too much right now. Yeah. So so toxic, let's talk about toxic positivity because toxic positivity is really like never acknowledging the negative things that happen. It's saying, oh, it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows all the time. That's not what this is. This is acknowledging negativity and acknowledging that bad stuff happens and even venting it out but it's not dwelling in it. It's always looking for, okay, this happened. And it's not that bad stuff happened for a reason. I want you to banish that thinking. It's more like this situation happened. What can I take from it for the future? What can I take from it? Is there anything that will benefit me down the road after having experienced this and looking for that? Yeah. Trying to reflect and see the and see what you can learn. Yes. For sure. Okay, so let's talk about this. Let's let's start talking about what are things that we can do to help get our kids out of this negative mindset and get ourselves out of our negative mindset. What are what are things that we can do? So these are things I've started doing in my life that's made a huge, huge difference. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff that really hasn't clicked with me before that I've like really kind of actively refused until I learned about the gap in the gain concept. Okay. Um, But the first one is this what my brain needs to hear practice. And I do this in the morning and it's in a journal and I pay attention to what my inner thoughts are telling me. 
And usually my inner thoughts are telling me something about imposter. Like, I I don't know what I'm talking about. Why do people want to listen to me? I need to go get an advanced medical degree to like, <laughs> and go to Harvard. To, to, like, I know a lot of people that have advanced medical degrees that Mm, doesn't mean they're doing a great job in parenting and or happiness. (laughs) But it's like all of these things I hear myself saying. And then I'm like, what do I need to hear? If I was talking to you or if I was talking to another friend, what would they tell me that I need to hear? And I try to switch that in my body. So if I'm saying nobody wants to hear what I'm saying, I'm just bossy and I always tell people what to do. If that's the thought I'm telling myself, I will switch it and I'll be like, People value what you have to say. I want to contribute to the conversation. And then the extra thing, though, is I will try to feel it in my body. So not just say it. When I say it, I'm like, people value what I have to say. And I will say it again. People value what I have to say. And I can feel my body relax. I can feel like this stress kind of unwind. And I look for that feeling when I say it. Okay, so you said you do this with a journal. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you write down the negative thoughts too? I don't. I don't write down the negative thoughts. So you you say them or you think them? I think them. You think them Mm -hmm. and then you reflect upon how you need to shift. How I need to shift it. Now, some people write it down though, and that's totally fine. It's just not something I do because... I'm I'm a ruminator and I'm a dweller and I could and totally if it's down. You'll stare at that. No, well, not stare at it, but I will keep writing and keep writing and go farther down and get myself more mad and more amped up. And it's just how I am personally. Go down that shame spiral. Go down the shame Woo! spiral, and it's usually the same thing over and over again. I've been through lots of therapy, guys. <laughs> I get sick of the same things I bring up over and over and over again that I don't want to write them down anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what they are. I know what they are. And now I'm just trying to do the work to rewire my brain for them. Do you ever put the affirmations somewhere around for you to look at later in the day? Um, I don't, but I write them in my journal. So if I'm like feeling overwhelmed, I will go back and look at You'll see go. what I wrote that day and okay. I'll repeat it. All right. Do you ever look at it again at the end of the day? Yes. I and d- then what do you do at the end of the day when you're reflecting back on what you wrote that morning? I Well, I write a, a few things in my journal. So I don't really usually ref- reflect on the affirmations that mm-hmm. I write. I'll glance at them and I'll be like, yes, okay. But I go into another practice, which is my wins for the day. Okay. All right. Let's yeah. talk about the wins for the day. So the wins for the day is basically it's a gratitude practice. It's looking at your day and it's trying to find those places where you were successful and you did have a win. And what this helps with is it is a rewiring of your brain because the more your brain has practiced doing something, the easier it's going to have finding the good in everyday situations. So if you're constantly reflecting on your day and you're like, okay, well, this was good, this is good, this is good, the next day, your brain is going to start looking for more of those wins and good things. And you're going to find your happiness improve. And I can attest to this. Like a lot of people can attest to it. I can personally attest to it too, that I am starting to see the good in a lot more stuff and have a much less positive, but I don't have as big of a reactive instinct or a negative reaction. Like there was something that happened this morning. Typically I would have looked at that and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so stupid. Why didn't I think of that before? And this morning I'm like, ha ha, 
that makes sense now that makes sense like everything that's and I was like okay this is something that we just put on our list of things we have to keep in mind for for next time yep and I totally think it's because I've been working on my wins that I'm wasn't so reactive yeah if you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No, and I, I think that that's really great. Like doing the gratitude, so talking about therapy, like that's something that comes up a lot when I have been in, in personal therapy too, talking about being grateful for things. And one thing that has helped me, and I, I granted when I get really stressed out, I'm not as good about doing it, which is sad because that's the time you need it more, mm-hmm. <laughs> but is doing, so similar to that, I do verbal gratitudes with Miguel every night. We do you know, what we're grateful for in the day. We try to do three. I think he actually does his during the day too. So I think he does it twice a day, but you know, I'm not. He's I'm not extra gratitude I am not that level yet. He's my <laughs> mindful guru. I'm not there yet. But at the end of the day, like we're just like, what are things that we're grateful for? And I like it because one, it's a really great thing to do before bed for me because it helps me release all the things that I'm nervous and anxious about. Because mm-hmm. I can be like, okay, these are things that happen that were good. And a lot of times it's something simple like, a gratitude would be like, I'm grateful that we all got to sit and eat dinner together and that both of my kids were laughing during dinner time. That was amazing because with teens, you don't always get that. No. So that was it's fantastic. Craft and then sometimes also the other affirmation or the other gratitude, just like, and I'm grateful for right now that I get to be in bed and 
everybody's here. They're all home safe. And I'm laying next to my husband and I've got my dog snuggling up next to me. Like I'm grateful for all of this. So it's it's good because not only does it give you the warm fuzzies and, and the ability to look and see, even the, even the crappiest day mm-hmm. has something to be grateful for. Yeah. It might even just be, I'm grateful I didn't get a full-blown migraine today. I don't, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. But the other reason I like doing it with my partner is because sometimes he'll say something that he's grateful for that I didn't even realize happened or that I didn't see. And I'm like, oh gosh, you're right. So I like being able to hear that. And the other thing too that I think is really great about doing it with your partner is that you'll get to hear things that they're grateful for that you might not have realized. Like for you, it's not necessarily something that that you would have been grateful for, but to them, it was a big deal. Oh, I feel like what you're saying is like it's helping you have a more positive connection with your partner as well. It is. It helps me have a more positive connection with my partner. It helps me have a better mindset, a better attitude. I'm Mm -hmm. feeling better about things. Yeah. Like, because I'm uh, I'm definitely like the doomsday person that's always thinking about how everything is going to go to hell in a handbasket and how I have to try to fix everything before it all goes to hell in a handbasket. And so- That's a lot of stress to put on Yourself. Oh, it is. Like, it doesn't, don't a lot of people have that thing where, like, at night, because there's, I've seen so many memes about it, like, I'm going to go to sleep now. And you're, then your mind flips on the light and it's like, hey, let's think about 16 other things so that you can't sleep. Yeah. So, like, it helps, it helps with that relaxing. But I also think it also just helps you look at what's happened that day and be able to see that, okay, it wasn't a complete crap day. Mm-hmm. There were some positive things that happens, which is very helpful when you're dealing with depression or anxiety or just any situation, but it, especially it, with those mind, especially with those diagnoses. It's extremely, yeah, extremely helpful. And I've experienced the same thing that you have where right? you just go to bed feeling like, oh, okay, this is good. Yeah. And you look forward to the next day. Like I've looking, I've started to look forward to the next day because I've started another practice in addition to the wins before bed. I forecast my wins for the next day. So it's not a to-do list. I don't say a to-do list, but it's kind of defining what does success look like tomorrow. Okay. So what would be an example of something? Can you share like what you did last night? What did I do last night? Um, I'm putting you on the spot, but I think that this is a really good idea and I want to start using it. So I want to hear concrete examples. I think, okay, so I'm leaving on a trip tomorrow. Okay. And I think I define success today as packing and getting ready for that trip, mm-hmm. doing my workout. And then I think it's the balance coaching call, being there for the balance coaching call today as well. And that's my wins for the day. What happens at the end of the day is I then look at those wins and I like, I check them off. I'm like, yeah, I did that, did that, did that. But they then seem so little compared to my actual wins of the day. I always find my wins of the day have surprised me. They're so much bigger than what I forecasted for the next day, which is great because then I'm like, whoa, my day was so much better than I thought it would be. I was going to say, then it's like (laughs) twice. It's twice the gratitude. It's that I managed to check off the things that I was already looking for, plus I got all these other things that were awesome that happened. It doesn't necessarily mean that you did them. It just means awesome things that happened. And something that I'm looking forward to, they say will happen, because this is also a practice from the book. I'm telling you, Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan, we're coming for you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We're coming. Um, Is they say that your wins start getting bigger and bigger and bigger the more you do it, because your brain doesn't like monotony. And it won't let you predict the same things each day. It'll constantly like look for the novel and look for the new. Interesting. And so you're supposed to like get greater and greater at And how long have you been doing and- this one? 
um, about this mindset, these practices. Two weeks now. Okay. So that's, I've that's already a noticed good, a difference. I was going to say, that's a pretty good turnaround. And so like everything that we're saying are things that you could do with your kids, no matter what their age is. Mm-hmm. I always love seeing the videos on social media of the dad with the kid in the backseat and they like, what's our affirmations for the day? And they're like, I'm smart. I'm big. I'm going to do good. Just all these things. So those are all things that you can do that the things that your brain needs to hear. Mm-hmm. You can do those guided with your kids and let yourself take it in too. Don't just focus on doing it for your kids. I would say like with my kids, because they are they're tough cookies, my kids. Like, I think so many of us have tough cookie kids. They're, they're, Why can't I have the soft batch, the soft baked batch kids? And you would think <laughs> us doing this parenting education, you might look from the outside, oh, Brie and Joanne, their kids must be all together. And then, No, what happens is that our kids see us doing this and they immediately like think it's some kind of like psychology concept that we're working <laughs> on them and yes. they'll call us out on it. Okay, I think that almost anybody that works in the field of psychology, sociology, or anything mm-hmm. like that, therapy, tell me, tell us that like, you, leave a review, tell us in the comments, I don't know, but share with us that do your kids are like, mm, you're Ugh, doing, so them, you're doing some something mumbo jumbo with you're me. Doing it. They know what we're, they're not saying that they don't believe it. They're yeah. just like, mm. <laughs> and it does get through sometimes, but I got so tired. I was like, I'm not getting through. I'm not getting through. The more I talk, I'm, I don't get through. And so what I've found instead is doing my own practice and these wins is that they're coming in and they're seeing it now. And like, I forgot to do my wins the other morning and my son came in. And I'm like, okay, I just need to write down my wins right now. And I like talked through myself doing it. And he was right there listening. And I have no doubt that he saw me do doing it and someday it is going to sink in and he will start doing it himself or we can have a conversation about that down the road. And that's what I love about this kind of stuff. And we talk about it too in Common Happy Parenting and and also in our Mm -hmm. Balance Coaching Program that it's about you making that change first, Mm -hmm. you having that positive communication style, positive mindset your kids will come around to it. They do. They do. Every, and, and not even just the kids, your partner, like your family will come around to it when they see that it's rendering positive results. And oh my so. gosh, you're going to see some amazing changes when you start doing stuff like this. My son and daughter, we have a trampoline in the back and my son really wants to do a forward flip on the trampoline. My daughter knows how to do it. And so they were outside working together on it. And I like to leave them when they're together because I'm because, like, oh my gosh, bonding. happiness, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, like, bonding. Keep, keep <gasps> happening. Please. Keep happening. Yeah, I'm not going to mention anything because as soon as I mention it, it's not going to happen anymore. But I was making dinner and they were on the couch and my daughter was taking my son through a goal setting process. She was like, so what do you want to do? And he's like, I I just want to, you know, I want to flip. And she asked the question, well, how can you measure that to know you're successful? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Wow. And what did he say? He's like, I do it. I guess go around and tuck my knees up higher. (laughs) And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm just wow. going to stay out of this and just like smile to myself in the kitchen because the things that you do in your own life, your kids do see and they pick up. They yeah. pick up so well. So that is our that is our, our thing for today, like talking about like how you can do this more positivity, the quick practices. So mm-hmm. what were they again? First one? What my brain needs to hear practice. And it's just a little twist on affirmations. Yeah. And then number two is going to be talking about your wins for the day. Mm -hmm. Having that gratitude time with your family, with your partner is super helpful. 
And then forecasting your wins for the next day and deciding how you're going to measure success tomorrow. And we do this too in balance when we do time blocking. We try to forecast our win for the next week and then plan our our time around making it happen. Yeah, because that's important. You got to remember what what your positives are. So. So remember the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.